And we're live. Hello. Back in a room. Back in a room. So, how's back it going? in the back in the walk and wardrobe. And I, I always wanted to have a walk and wardrobe. Well, I don't know if I always wanted to have a walk and wardrobe. <laughs> but I think when you were <laughs> when you were young, you were kind of led to believe anyone that had a walk and wardrobe was like, yeah, they're a baller. Um, we have one in this gaff. It's only a rented place, but uh. It's not what you'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just look, I'm just looking at it now. I'm thinking, I don't know if that if you'd seen that when you were young, you would be thinking they're baller. I think this. Uh, I think the only reason this car uh, is constitutes a walking wardrobe is because the carpet runs from the room straight into this. <laughs> so actually, it's probably cheaper to make this than to actually buy a wardrobe because uh, you don't have to. Um, you know, it's basically, yeah, it's just a room with a, a door in it. Yeah. Anyways, that's uh, the podcast podcast studio. So how are we doing? Uh, doing okay, yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, jiu-jitsu coming up today. How's jiu-jitsu during the week? Jiu-jitsu is always good, man. Never <laughs> bad. It's never bad. Even, even a bad day. Even when day. you popped your knee out of your socket, that was that was a good day. Yeah, that wasn't this week, but yeah, that was even that was a good day. Yeah, <laughs> that's honestly, true. that's a true was. believer. It, uh, yeah, I should, I, should, I should share the photos of the day I got my knee popped out. So I suppose anyone does this, and anyone that's doing jujitsu will know it's it's prone to injury, but not generally bad because you're not like you have the tap. But just and there's niggle. no there's no heavy impact. I think that's the there's no impact. Thing. That's the joy. You never get you know. Well, you do get bruised, but ribs, kind of like bruised ribs and that kind of stuff. And for me, yeah, yeah, I, I injured my knee one time, um, but it was fine. You know, uh, it wasn't like a, a a tear or anything like that, which are the ones that kind of put you out for a while, you know, like ACLs, MCLs, meniscus, that kind of stuff. So mine was just like 24 hour job. Yeah, I so, should say, I should say I was, um, there's a place here in Dublin, uh, the movement studio just around the corner for me. Shouts out the movement studio. Oh, <laughs> the, 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 this uh, podcast is brought to you by. No, go on. <laughs> the uh, I did a few sessions there, and uh, uh, it was really, really good to be honest. And uh, I felt it paid off already in my jujitsu today. I felt really sharp, um, just in terms of my movement was a lot, a lot kind of more integrated, a lot more flowy, and uh, my strength too was like through the roof, even in my hands. Strange, really, enough. yeah. Um, and that, that 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 someone was saying to me that because the programming in the movement studio is interesting. So they'll they have one say upper body strength day, one lower body strength day, hips day, that kind of thing, handstand day. Um, and you know, when you encounter that, you're like, well, you know, is this is this how how does how does this work? Because you know, am I going to do that? upper body strength day and then go home and do another day myself or whatever, because it's all programmed classes. Um, but I was chatting to one of the girls there and she was saying, actually the way it's programmed, uh, actually it's, it's, it, it, it hits on, um, the kind of interdependencies that we were talking about in our previous episode, but she was saying the way it's programmed, the way you're training your upper body actually feeds into your lower body strength also, right? So you'll see the kind of return, there from the upper body strength and then you know yeah, that has okay. kind of consequences elsewhere so if you're strengthening the whole uh i suppose uh frame and structure um it pays off 
and I could definitely feel it. It was a strange, strange sensation in my hand today, in my hands, just with my grips and stuff, just a lot more strength in them. Do some push-ups there. <laughs> no. We have, to, we have to change this to a, a live video feed for uh, some... some <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, man. That's that's interesting. Um, yeah, and the mobility stuff, like that's you know that's why I'm there. I think um, all the hip opening stuff and just the feeling that I've already picked up five or six things that I'll carry for the rest of my life. Uh, really? And, yeah, and they're not going to go astray in jujitsu. Just uh, in one it, session. I did three sessions. Okay, sorry. But in three sessions, you got five or six things you're going to carry with you for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's some good props there. Isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I thought it was fantastic. But it's just like, well, their focus is on like a kind of integrated strength and mobility and uh, movement. And I think they have the kind of understanding that they can really leverage and apply it elsewhere. So like your man was said to me, oh, you train jiu-jitsu. And then, you know, he was giving me stuff as we were going through that was going to be good for your jiu-jitsu. You know, I was talking about even when I was doing pull-ups, you know, you want to get up over the bar and kind of curl the chest back a little bit back. And he was talking about how that's really good for shoulder strength. So, you know, if you're getting cotton kimuras and whatnot. Um, and just that kind of specific pointers. And, you know, even just like, okay, you're doing that slightly wrong, something that you might be doing all the time when you're doing conditioning. Mm. Uh, those kinds of things, you the, the, the they just pay off, don't they? That's cool, yeah. We'll, uh, I'll have to try and see if I can get something similar here. Yeah, 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 for sure. For the, uh, I'm sure it'll help to win the Worlds. <laughs> right, so... <clears throat> Let's get stuck into it. So, I was just, before you start into the, I suppose, your session one or your your onboarding, I've done some little, a bit of homework myself. So, you could jump on another shout-out flow grappling. You can jump on and... Uh, <laughs> Worth the subscription, Jiu-Jitsu Lifestyle, Acai, for grappling. There's all inside baseball. Sorry, Danny. Yeah, inside was. baseball. Sorry about that. But yeah. Anyways, uh, flowgrappling.com is a website and they they do Inside Harlan, we should record, say. What's that? Inside, inside Harlan. Yeah. Um, they record the uh, Worlds every year, the World Masters. So you can actually go back through their archives and look at uh, the matches. So th- for 2019, the competition was on and looking at the likely weight division and belt category that I'll be in, which will be blue belt and I'll either be middleweight or lightweight. That's one thing I'll probably talk to you about and I see how my training's going as well. But at the moment, I'd be middleweight. So looking at the guy that won blue belt middleweight, Masters 2, which is mm. me as well. I, mm. Masters too, for anyone that doesn't know. So Jiu-Jitsu Masters is uh, anything over 30. I think Masters 1 is 30 to 35. Masters 2 is 36 to, to 40. Um, and so on. Every five years, keeps going up. I think as far as, you know, as far as somebody wants to enter it, it'll keep going up. Uh, you know, you get guys in their 60s there as well, which is incredible stuff. To be competing at that level, you know, in your 60s is whatever about a 36 year old my story but those those are the real stories you uh should, uh, so I'd be, I'd be <laughs> yeah yeah maybe masters two blue belt that's what i'd be in so i looked at who won it this year and looking at what he'd done and like if i'm to use that as the basis of how to win it I'm, if i'm using him i should look at the previous years as well and see if it's a common thread but looking at all his matches 
obviously to, to win it, you know, there's obvious things. You need to be super fit. You, you know, cause you potentially, if you do the absolutes as well, but you know, you could have anywhere between five to eight matches in a day. Uh, mm-hmm. So you need to be obviously super fit because each of those matches is five minutes in duration and you have no control over the, the amount of time between those matches. So you could have one match and then you might get called again within, you know, five minutes or you might not, but you have to be, you have to be willing and able to be able to roll in a super competitive match for, I would say eight matches by five. So, um, how long looking is the match? At Did you say that? Five minutes, five minutes five match. Yeah. Uh, Looking at how he won, it seemed that he had a game plan. He ended up on top, I think, every time. So he, he, he shot for a takedown or a trip or something like that. He ended up on top. And once he got on top, he just stabilized and picked up the points. He never, I don't think he actually ever submitted anybody. Like, I like submissions, but and that's what I'd be going for. But I, I, ultimately, I want to win this. Um, so his, his thing was get on top, stabilize, and just pick up points. Mm. Uh, without going into the IBJJF scoring system, for anybody that might not know it, the way you achieve points is to kind of progress through the hierarchy of dominant positions. So that could be you, you know, you pass the guard, which is passing the legs, and then you stabilize. You might get your knee on their belly. You get a few more points. You might get to mount, which is kind of sitting atop of somebody. Uh, you might get somebody's back. So you keep racking up points and obviously anywhere along that you can submit somebody and if you submit, you win. So that's the ultimate goal. But that was all he did. He, he gets on top, plays his game, picks up points and that's it. So in my head, that's where I need to get to through what I'm doing myself and through what you're going to help me do is to be super fit, right, right. Uh, have a game plan and stay in my world as long as possible. So Rack up the points. Like- he's the 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 minimal viable kind of he's the archetype for at least where you want to be at yeah at the moment and i could look at you know it worked for him last year so it might work for somebody doing the same thing next year but it's a good starting point yeah yeah so that's what i done so let's assume now i'm walking into your 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 session number one which i am i suppose and just let's let's do it Right, but I should say that I've also fed you some little bit of literature, just kind of overview of stuff we talked about and a couple of uh, small little anecdotes or stories, almost child, you know, stories that a child could could read and pick up on just to kind of absorb some of the principles, but we won't get into that here. So what we're going to do today is basically go through this process of what I call distillation, right? So we're kind of looking at what it is, the outcome that you desire, trying to distill that effectively into a set of behaviors such that thereafter we can design systems of constraints, what I call enabling and limiting constraints, both bodily and environmental. And they're kind of temporally distributed so that they're laid out across a particular course of time. But really what I need to do in order to do all that is get to kind of your motivations for doing what you're doing. Basically just seeing where you're at, why it is that you're doing what you're doing such that we can extract from that some of 
what will end up as the kinds of constraints, some of what will end up as, say, the place where we're going to um, insert those constraints in your environment and time, and some of what will end up as the uh, a kind of understanding about how to how for you to maintain that system, right? You know, the, the, the master system for change, if you will. So you'd be kind of gathering this understanding as we go on. That's essential, right? It's a, it's a process of kind of uh, a process where I'm imparting to you, not just a plan, but a, a stance or a method with which you can plan yourself. But I'm also, you know, giving you the initial plan, having gone through what we're going to go through today. So we're going to start with just, I just want to get some details. Tell me a little bit about why you're here. Right? So your kind of motivations, more so than you want to do this thing, but also this thing, right? So if you can veer into that if you want as well. Yeah, so I've been thinking about this myself. I don't know. It's like I've touched on a little bit of it. Uh, I first of all thought it was like, oh, I'm in this side of the world. It's, it's not a, a long flight from where I am to get to, to, to attend the competition. My age is good. Like I said, I'll be at the, the, the lower end of, of Masters 2. My belt ranking is a good time to do it because I'll have been a blue belt uh, about two years by the time I do it, thereabouts. And... Uh, you know, so in theory, I, I have been. So I'm not a fresh new belt, so I should have a little bit of experience as a blue belt. My age would be good. The geography is good. So those things, may, you know, and if I'm ever going to do it, now is the time to do it, because, well, I should say, my wife and I uh, are due a baby in February. So, well, this is actually going to be an interesting part of it too, because the baby's due in February, and that's kind of like you know, well, it's six months before the competition. So this would be an interesting thing to. Uh, have to deal with as well I've never this is our first baby I've actually asked the guy during the week I was like I was thinking about doing the worlds there next year and uh, but having a baby in February is there is it ridiculous he says there's no hope you're going to do that <laughs> really so who's this guy one of the boys so has like, he got babies he has a baby he has a baby and um, he's, he's just like there's no way it's like there's no way so maybe this is a ridiculous endeavor. Maybe it's the wrong time to be doing it. But maybe we're onto something. Maybe this, this is precisely the challenge we need. Well, look at, it, at the the baby at the time the world's around the baby would be six months old. So you know, I, I imagine basically fend for itself. That's <laughs> yeah. No, well, I imagine like obviously the first few months will be super intense. Probably the first. I imagine the first six months will be. So it's going to be interesting to see if we can make this work. Like I'll have to. Um, get to the you know i have to imagine that for the at least the first while that i can't train uh you know and they and certainly the early the first month so that's something i'm gonna have to deal with i don't know mm. but we'll work through that anyway so so yeah like in my head the timing is is either good or really bad <laughs> which is yet to be to be uh discovered and also i think you know a little bit deeper than that I like the. I think I like the idea of the challenge as well. You know, of you know, obviously to 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 win the worlds, like we said, I'd have to be super fit. So I like the idea of being super fit at that age of my life. I like the idea of being able to hold myself against others in a jiu-jitsu competition that I'm not just a standard blue belt. Well, again, 
I, how, that's that's the wrong way to frame it. At the moment, I don't even, you know, I don't, uh, it's not that I'm that good at, at training, but I like the idea of training hard for a six month period. It's not of, just a hobby, like it's, it's, yeah, to up my game, you know. Right, right. Uh, it's the only thing I really do outside of uh, work and family life. So for me, it's like, you know, I, I like the idea of just giving it a good effort and, you know, see what happens. That's, that's, I suppose, at a high level, that's why I'm doing it. Uh, maybe I just want, I don't know. I don't think I want the recognition either because, well, I'm doing a podcast, you know. But, but if I, I, I was, it was always a private goal, and the fact we're doing this is just like it's it's been an add-on. Um, for me, I don't care if anyone ever found out that I was going to be doing this. I like the internal or the private goal to be able to prove it. Do you think you could live? Just do you think you could live with it as a secret thing? Or, and I mean this like in a genuine sense, because I think we can gloss over some of our motivations, but it's actually useful to understand them. So like, is there a social component to it? Do you feel, I mean, I'm happy to admit, I certainly appreciate recognition of the things that I do. Do you feel that, you know, it gives you a bit of bragging rights that having done it, if you're successful or even just doing it, that you can catch your mates and say you're doing it. And, or even if, you just like that idea or identity for yourself, right? I think it's more for myself. Like, you know, my my closer mates, I like f- friends for years, don't do jujitsu, so it's not something that we talk about generally. You know, I probably any opportunity if they did talk about it, I would talk about it. <laughs> Everybody knows <laughs> the first rule of jujitsu is talk about jujitsu. Um, but. Uh, you know, for you, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think it's a, I don't think I, I would care if anybody ever found out. Maybe from a, a close circle, familial perspective, you know, in, in my own immediate family and, you know, with you and mom and dad. And and I think also, you know, it's a, a recent thought. It wasn't my original thought some, some time back, but now that we're going to have a baby, that's probably a, a thing that I'd like to be able to show my my baby in a few years' time. Look at what your dad did when he put his mind to it, maybe that's kind of cool as well. Right. I don't know. Right. You've mentioned before that you feel the kind of timing is, is just good, right? Given where you're situated presently in Canada and all that kind of thing. Is that part of the motivation or is that just happenstance? And, you know, well, I wouldn't be, I'll put a, I wouldn't be flying across the world to do the worlds. Like it's only because it's a handy flight. Right. I'm here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so what about say previous efforts along these lines and success or failure or both or with respect to those things? Like, have you done anything that approximates this, both in terms of degree or intensity or just the output that was necessary from you? No, no, no. I've, I've you know, two competitions, local competitions. Three competitions. Jiu-jitsu-wise? Yeah, jiu-jitsu competitions since I've started. One within like three months of starting, which was crazy to think. And I actually, I don't know, I can't even imagine what I was doing, but got destroyed. Second competition got destroyed. Third competition I actually won. And yeah, but like, again, local stuff, two matches in the day kind of job, not five or six matches. So this, is, this will be, uh, without doubt, probably my biggest uh, effort. And what about outside of jiu-jitsu? Like, uh... Uh, 
a mar- I ran a marathon, but it took me like six or seven attempts, you know, over six or seven years. I remember first trying to do it and it fell off the wagon, you know, for whatever reason. Maybe didn't care about it enough. Uh, maybe, you know, the next year I got injured and just gave up, you know. But that one, I eventually did run it. And I think the reason I did run it was because it, it was always, it would never, it was sit, it wasn't sitting well with me, the fact that I hadn't done it, even though I'd set out to do it. So it's like, I want to know that if I, if I commit to it, that I'll, I'll see it through eventually, maybe not immediately, but I would hate it. If I hadn't run the marathon, it would not be sitting well with me. No, I would, I would not be happy. Right. So do you feel if you don't do this, it won't, it won't, if you didn't do this right in the longer term, it wouldn't sit well with you. Uh, I don't think I have that because the marathon, it was never about the time or winning the marathon. So I knew it was just a case of, it was a, like, it's a very individual thing. Do you know what I mean? You just have to complete that distance. So with this one, it's like, well, if my goal is to get a gold, you know, I don't think that's a good goal for me to have. Well, we could talk about that. Maybe you do think I should be doing that, but uh, it's it's a bit different because you know you you can control it totally in a marathon you can generally control it because you're just achieving the distance. This one, I might always end up against the toughest guys in the world, uh, and they're always going to be better than me. So my even my best might never win it. So that I I don't think it'd be fair to say that that won't sit well with me if I don't get a gold. But it probably wouldn't sit well with me if I didn't at least try and attend these worlds now that I am in this part of the world, I, I would hate to maybe move back to Ireland at some time and then go, Oh, I was over there and I never done it while yeah. I was there. I should try. And that's, that. that's, that's kind of more of what I mean. You know, like oh, sorry. if you oh, sorry. didn't, if you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't effectively, you know, give it your best shot. You know, if you, if you, if you felt like you only half showed up for it or you didn't show up at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably it. Yeah. I think, that probably wouldn't sit entirely well with me, yeah. Because then it's just another competition, right? You're not actually. Yeah, yeah. I want to give it a good. I want to give it the good effort, the best effort I can. Yeah, I don't think um, we'll talk about it a bit more in a minute, but I don't think um, having the gold as a goal is is a bad thing. Um, well, I'd be interested. Let's talk about it now because I'd be interested in your perspective because you know there's lots of. Yeah, I, we, 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 I? We, we'll. We'll one one I, second. I, <laughs> <laughs> we'll. Well, well, that's actually the next section, right? The, the kind right, of okay, okay, okay. specific outcome and thinking about that. You go, you go. In terms of your position, say, with your life at present, like kind of existentially, why now? Why does it feel like now is the time to do this thing? Like I say, geography was one of the main original drivers. Um Right, but geography is a kind of a set of constraints that allows something to emerge. So it's it's obviously relevant, but why now? You know, for in the arc well, of your you, life, no time like the present. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I said I had a, an eye on this the whole like for the last few years. Once I knew I was living in this side of the world, like I said, the geography, I knew that I'd be hitting masters too at the age of 36 so i'd be at the lower end of that bracket and i would be a blue belt so the time was right like i could have done it this year for instance right, but right. then i would have been 
Masters won. So I'd have been like the oldest in the bracket and less experience as a blue belt. So I, I suppose it was a, a view to try and have whatever I could have in my favor working for me, you know, to give me that additional leg up in my endeavor to win the gold. Right. Right. Okay. So yeah, you're pursuing this thing. It's the world championship, right? It's a good time to do it. You like the idea of it because um, you like the process. It's going to make you kind of fit and healthy. You like the idea of taking on something outside of work that's a bit more serious than just a hobby because uh, it's your outlet in some sense. You uh, have a baby due and you feel there's some inspiration been derived from that in terms of, um, you know, you wanting to, I suppose, set a good marker for yourself in that relationship in the longer term where you can, you know, have this thing that you've done and it inspires you in some way to be a good father. Your time is right. The geography is right. It mightn't sit well if you didn't do it. And go on. And go back to the family thing. You know, as I talk about the husband thing as well, I suppose, you know, I would like to, to show my wife, um, you know, that what I, and and you like I said, it's a, if it was anything, I think the if I had enough recognition, say internally from from my media family, so from my wife, or from you, mum and dad, that 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 would be enough. So uh, you know, I think it'd be nice we'll, to we'll give you plenty of praise. Sufficient <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. recognition internally, yeah. you don't have to go elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's good. I, I think just to show that I could do something if I put my mind to it. Yeah. Right. Right. I think we're leaving out there in I terms of the why so. for you. Okay. So outcome, you were asking me something about the outcome. Do you want to ask what you're, do you want to say what you're getting at there again? Or? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was wondering about how I should go about this. Should I, should I visualize, and we'll probably talk about visualization, but should I be seeing myself winning the gold or should I be just enjoy, you know, seeing myself enjoying the process? Like how, how do I do it? How do I? <laughs> right. So I think there's a number of ways you can, you know, conceive of what you take to be a good outcome. And it's probably going to be a little bit different for different people. But the thing is a general principle. It's good to keep in mind that there are so many things outside of your control that you can't plan for every contingency, right? So there are things that are, control is a funny word here, but I'm going to use it anyway because it makes sense within the context of the conversation. There's, there are certain things that are inside your control or at least, or let's say inside your influence. Uh, and those things tend to be more process-based, right? They're, I can't show up at this time and do this thing. So you could get to the, the competition and on the day <laughs> there could be a sniper in the crowd and he shoots you in the legs right anything could happen right there's such a, a a kind of wealth of contingency that you cannot really determine an outcome so i think it's it's definitely better to focus on process and that has some, some probability of, as well like that's an extreme example like that's right. probably not going to happen Right, but what what I what I'm going to add to that, and it's a caveat, and it kind of brings back in something of the value of focusing on you know the outcome as uh, as the gold is that if that is something that's motivating for you, 
will 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 use it as a constraint. Right? We'll use it as something with which you can kind of design your behavior ter- towards particular ends. And it, it's good to be sensitive to those kinds of things. If you can, over the course of this, kind of see what's coming to mind as inspiring or motivating, and maybe even I might suggest that given the kind of duration of this process that you start taking a journal and taking those things down, you kind of recognize when I think about this thing, it frames my action thereafter such that I'm more inclined to certain types of action. Those kinds of things are going to be really helpful. So if you think about yourself as on the podium receiving the gold and that's motivating for you and inspiring for you, we're going to use it. But I would say if it feels like it's putting some pressure on you that maybe is undue, you don't need that pressure, right? And we can find other ways to bring the pressure in. Does that make sense? We can use other techniques to actually introduce the kinds of pressures that's going to make you motivated without having the stress of, I have to win this thing. Because have to win in this thing is, uh, you know, it's not going to get you (laughs) there in a sense. Now, if you're competing for the Olympics, and you were a professional athlete and you're so used to doing this, we might take a different approach. And if somewhere down the line you feel that it's really helpful for you to think of those terms, well, then, you know, we'll just bring it back in. But I think for the time being, at least as we kind of ease into it, it's going to be focused on the process. Yeah. It's funny because that picture doesn't really motivate me, like standing on the top of the podium. Is it weird? Because I I want to win the words, but that's like, that doesn't, is that, is it a kind of, well, I think this conflict. is an inquiry, for, an inquiry for you, right? And there's like, you know, there's a deep spiritual kind of psycho-spiritual process here. It's like, this is a very particular thing you're doing. And you could be doing anything, right? But it's this thing. And there's a kind of psychoanalysis that can go on for you throughout this process, thinking, what is it that's motivating this? What is the kind of integration that it facilitates right any action that we take is something that generally or tends to be something that supports an integration of our identity or of our being and your excavation of that is going to be helpful because it's going to provide markers for you for uh, setting certain constraints and it'll be helpful for our process because we can kind of distill them break them down and then reintroduce them as kind of components in the design cool Interesting. Does that so make sense? Like, yeah, it does. Yeah. So if nothing else, if I don't win the worlds, I'll get to know myself better. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, why else are we doing it? Really? It's like this process of getting to know your possibilities and what's capable for you and all that kind of stuff. Right. So it is a getting to know yourself. Yeah. Cool. Uh, right. Well, not to uh, rain on your parade. I have jujitsu to go to. Okay, so we'll, look, we'll pick this up. There's a good, there's a good time to wrap it up. You're just always off to jujitsu. It won't. It's, it's like it's a, it's just fabricated. Yeah, yeah, yeah we should Church try jujitsu. Yeah, we should try and do it a bit earlier. We um, it wouldn't do to miss jujitsu doing the podcast. That would fly in the face of the whole. No, no, no. We just like uh, the only time we could do the podcast was the exact same time as training. <laughs> yeah, I've actually, I've actually <laughs> got worse. I've got worse at jujitsu. Yeah, right. Uh, okay, so what's happening? What's happening next week? What happened? Right, so know, what we normally do is this know. session would like uh, go on for quite a bit longer than this and 
there are some like key components that we still have yet to do. So what we're going to do next week is basically continue this and then we'll go through a process of given the kind of complexity of the thing that we're doing, right? There's a need to, in some sense, distill that into something that uh, we can recognize that our efforts are being best placed at a particular time, right? So neither of us have really programmed, a, a, you know, a, a camp before and this isn't really a camp necessarily right this is kind of more encompassing and your camp will slot into this and i'm sure you'll work that out with your coaches and all that but what it's going to be helpful for us to do that maybe you wouldn't normally do with someone if they're just coming along and they just wanted to change a simple habit is we're going to use this uh, piece of software called the ism uh, the ism the interpretive structural modeling software is something developed by as far as I know, and I hope I'm not speaking out of school here, but a fellow by the name of Dr. Michael Hogan in NUIG Galway. And basically it's kind of collective or I'll say a collective decision-making piece of software or decision-making piece of software that can be used by collectives that allows you to take complex components. Say if you have a problem and there's many issues, right? It's what's sometimes called a wicked problem. Uh, and there's many issues and you don't really know where to jump in. This allows you to kind of map out a sense of what affects what. And then you get this kind of a hierarchy of, say, a causal chain. And you can kind of say, okay, well, here's the thing we need to focus on first and most often because it has the most effects down the chain. Cool. And given the, given the kind of uh, extent of what it is you have to do, We'll do that, and it would be very boring to listen to, so we'll do it in the meantime. And when we come back at the end of our thing next week, we might be able to talk a, bit, a little bit about that. Does right. that make sense? I don't know if I explained that well. It does, yeah, it does. Um, I suppose you'll have to see it to really yeah. get it. Yeah, all right, we'll talk about it next week. Uh, I have to wrap her up, or I will miss you just too, so. Thanks. Thanks. It's a bit emotional. I feel very, very vulnerable there, sir, for the last half an hour. <laughs> uh, I'll catch you again, right? Take right, it easy. Sir, sir. Take it easy.